Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Pass deflected by Conley, picked up by Ingles. Jazz on the run. Ingles goes to the left side. Clarkson's wide open, left corner pocket, nailed it. Jordan Clarkson's five of seven from three. Right form and left side. Takes a step back three and hits. 21st of the game for the Jazz. Sets their franchise record for most threes in regulation. Trey Burke to the front court. He's got 14 points. Swings it to Hardaway. He's got 27. Picked up by Oni. Back to Burke off a Kleber pick. Kicks to the corner to Curry. The best shooter on the team. And he hits. 31 to 11. Fourth quarter by the Mavericks. Utah Jazz had a big lead evaporate. Mavericks rally to win 122-114. Oklahoma City lost to Phoenix at the t- same time. Jazz are still in sixth place in the West, a half game behind the Thunder. PK watching that game, it felt a little bit preseason the way they played 13 guys, 13 minutes, and then a little bit summer league just because the coaches are in polos and there's no crowd there. I don't know what that was, but it sure didn't feel like an NBA regular season game. Jazz will wrap up their seeding games Thursday. They take on the Spurs. That one's going to tip off at 4.30. Then we'll be on to the playoffs. Wouldn't be surprised to see that same summer league uh, preseason vibe going during that Spurs game. A little hard to believe the Jazz are going to go all in with starters and 30 minutes and all that kind of stuff. So get through this, get to the weekend, and start the playoffs. Yeah, most likely. That's the way it looks like it's going. A lot of teams are doing that. Oh, yeah. It is, it's is kind of weird. Yeah. It was uh, – I saw a discussion about it on Twitter, and uh, uh, Tony Jones must have been checking out both games at the same time. He's like, yeah, well, there's four teams playing right now, and three of them are doing this. You know, the starters checked out, played the backups, played the – I thought the one thing that happened during the Mavericks game was it looked like the Mavericks were kind of going with their bench, and the Jazz – for lack of a better word, we're going with the third team, kind of the uh, the guys who've been way down at the end of the bench, not playing, or had been, you know, two-way guys, G League guys. And there were a couple of quick timeouts by Dallas, and then they just started playing harder and almost felt like Rick Carlisle was like, you're getting beat by guys who weren't in the league. What kind of message does that send? Because Dallas just seemed to dial it up and get way more intense. And uh, they basically, the Jazz pulled all their guys at halftime. I know George Nang played like three or four minutes in the third quarter. And then all the rotation guys were done. And uh, it, But it still took about a quarter before Dallas really got fired up and went on a roll. And when they did, it was over. Yeah, I would agree with that when you look at Dallas' second team. Uh, most teams are deeper than the Jazz. The Jazz, after they get past seven and eight, uh, I'm hard-pressed to even know who they are, really, honestly. Uh, because they hardly ever play. They're playing now. But they hardly ever play in the regular season. I mean, Ed Davis hadn't played in over a month in uh, February and March. I mean, I know who he is because he's a veteran. That's why I know I know Ed Davis through other teams. But he's buried the on Jazz. He's been buried on this one. And the Jazz, a lot of their guys, it just there was no point in paying attention to them because they weren't playing. And at least the Maverick guys. Their bench guys, I'm well aware of because they play. 
Jazz off today, off tomorrow. They haven't had a couple days off in a while, so you'd think they could come back with everybody for 30 minutes, but it just doesn't seem the way to <laughs> the way, way to bet that that's how it's going to play out Thursday. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Into AD with three, with two. Kuz to win it. Yes, sir! Kuzma, it's not official yet. Point yes, four remaining. <laughs> but Kuz drains it. Lakers beat the Nuggets. This one matters to the Jazz, or at least it matters to all the people who would like to see the Jazz play the Nuggets. That that's the best engine, best matchup to engineer, the best matchup for the first round. The Nuggets had a path to the uh, to the two seed if they won out, which involved beating the Clippers head to head. But they lost to the Lakers, so that storyline fades away. Now they could still end up the four seed if they lose their last two games, and the Rockets win their last two. But. Kyle Kuzma had a night shooting the ball, and after the game, LeBron James said, we don't win the title unless Kuzma plays well. Kind of addressing what you're talking about, PK. No matter how good two guys are, two guys aren't enough. Somebody else has got to play well. No, because you're asking LeBron and Anthony Davis to play at maximum. And by play well, we just mean make shots. That's that's what it boils down. That Play well in the NBA is code for making shots. He made that shot. I'm not sure how much Denver wanted to win. Jokic wasn't in at the end of the game. Uh, he was sitting over. You know one of the things that I like about this thing in Orlando is I'm loving the spread out situation of the bench. Because the bench guys, whoever they may be, whether they're true bench guys or whether they're starters sitting on the bench, they become part of the show because they got moved to room to move. And they get up and they wave and they show emotion. They move forward. They dance a little, depending. It, it, it reminds me of when I worked for the Watchdog in the old days and would cover women's basketball, Elaine Elliott's team. I always liked covering women's basketball and looking at the bench players the women on the bench would be just as excited as if they made the shots and the passes. And the men, it was about their playing time and what they're going to be able to do to get to the league. And, you know, they would show some emotion. But the women were always just so exuberant on the sidelines. And I always thought it was fun. And it was fun for me to cover those games because the ladies were so into it. And now that's what you're seeing because they got room to, to stand up and move around. They're not blocking anybody's view. So I love it when they go to the bench because you see a lot of emotion when guys are playing well. You know, in the regular season, they'll try to show the bench, and sometimes they literally have to shoot through the backboard because they push the guys so far down that they're – because they're trying to create room for, you know, really expensive seats between the bench and the scorer's table. And so they're literally shooting through the backboard to see guys' faces. So you can't really see them. And they're certainly all scrunched together. Don't take them any more space than – the needed right. guys, because we're selling everything to your left, your right, and right behind you. Yeah. It's fun to see, fun to watch. Suns blew out the Thunder, 128-101. Devin Booker, 35 points. Phoenix is 6-0. and You buying this that uh, Phoenix is uh, way improved and much better and can push for a playoff berth in the West, or uh, this stuff is fool's gold? They've beaten some teams that you know don't really seem to be into it. Well, I think it's both. I don't mean this as a cop-out answer, but they've beaten some teams that have played their guys, and then they beat teams. I think uh, Butler didn't play for the Heat, so you got that going on. But just remember, the Bothias Bothias scoffed at me when I said Monty Williams was restart coach of the year. 
<laughs> I'm going to scoff again. You did. You scoffed. The restart sixth man. Restart MVP. <laughs> well, well, we'll have to figure that out. That remains to be seen. But I was an early phone. A lot of people could tell you what happened. I can tell you what's going to happen. And Monty Williams was restart coach of the year. And I told you really before they took off. And now they've taken off. I mean, you realize nobody, nobody in the NBA can say they haven't lost a game since March. Jimmy Butler returned to Miami's lineup. 19 points, 11 boards, 5 assists. The Heat crushed the Pacers 114-92. to Warren, who had been in the hunt... He had been in the hunt for restart MVP of the year. He's very, yeah. qu- very quiet in this one, PK. He'd been uh, averaging like 35 points a game. I know. It's been sensational. Yeah. yeah. Led by his uh, 51. But TJ Warren, 12 points on 5 of 14 shooting. That didn't really well, have a Well, Victor Oladipo said that TJ Warren was in another world. So eventually, a player of the caliber of TJ Warren is going to literally come back down to earth. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Obviously, yeah, we, we, we played a lot of ball together. I love him to death, but you know, the train keeps moving, as it will when, you know, I'm not playing here or something. I mean, it just always keeps going. So, you know, we got to worry about the people that we have here. You know, try to prepare ourselves uh, the best we can with the situation that we're in with all uh, everything we're dealing with. That's Julian Edelman talking about Tom Brady. Basically, that was on to Cincinnati, PK. Better stay on the Belichick company line. Coach, here's all. Yeah, but I don't know what else you could say. I mean, he's so right. And I think that's what these college players are going to learn here as they're trying to throw their weight around a little bit there. Uh, it's going to go on with or without you. And that that's just a fact. And it, it, Tom Brady... Um, you can argue had the greatest run with any single franchise in the history of NFL sport, the NFL. I mean, I, it's so obvious you can argue that. But it came to an end, and, and there's still games to be played. Whether these kids, guys have opted out or not, it's unusual. I understand that. But eventually we'll get back to normal, and, and it does go on. And there will be a guy who will take over for Belichick for that matter, too. Edelman talking about Cam Newton in the same interview. He says, well, when you first meet him, it's just his stature talking about what's impressed. You know, he's large. He's put together well. He has a great energy about himself. I was really impressed with his work ethic and mindset. And, you know, for Cam Newton, he's just got to be dialed in now because, you know, you talk about risk reward, right? And it's there for everybody in the NFL for the reasons you just said, right? If you don't perform, man, the circus, the, they just find someone else to put in the center ring and the show just keeps going on. But for Cam Newton, it seems like that's really accentuated. Because on the one hand, he's got this 15-1 season, you know, that can never be taken away from him. The trip to the Super Bowl, the MVP, but he's also, he's been injured, hasn't been able to perform and deliver. And if you go into New England and you play for Belichick and you play well, hey, you're healthy. He can handle anything that's thrown at him. Belichick's so demanding. I mean, the upside is just huge for this guy. At the same time, if it doesn't work for him, the downside is like, you couldn't even win for Belichick? Oh, dude. (laughs) You're no good. You're done. Yes, we'll see. 
Patriots keep adding free agents to their roster. They had eight players opt out. They find they uh, signed veteran running back Lamar Miller to a one-year deal. So can Bill Belichick just put in a bunch of no-name guys and replace guys who went off for big contracts and have had MVP seasons and all kinds of stuff? Just plug in anybody in the Belichick system. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. I'm just, just ready to have, have a great year and be a part of this team. We're super pumped. Um, I mean, like I said, me and Travis are definitely here. We're committed to playing. Once I decide I'm playing, that's my mind's off of that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like you, you said, people say I should sit out. And then after this past year, everyone's saying all the stuff I got to work on. So at, at some point, you got to make decisions for yourself. I'm just excited to play football. Trevor Lawrence, one of the players, and several coaches come out and said they want to play. And that, of course, you know, is a Clemson quarterback. You've got about as, uh, I don't know what, as big a, big a pedestal to stand on and, and talk as anybody in college football. And he wants to go, and you figure if he doesn't go, he'll still be the number one pick in the NFL draft. He wants to play. The Mountain West Conference is not going to play. They postponed the fall sports season, football, and everything else, too. Craig Thompson, who Yach has been chasing for a week and a half, Apparently not really doing media until this decision is made. We'll see if he'll do something now. Uh, he said, we were hopeful we could carefully and responsibly conduct competition as originally scheduled with essential protocols in place. However, numerous external factors and unknowns outside our control made this difficult decision necessary. Uh, the one exception to all of this is Air Force, who issued a statement and said, yeah, we're with the MWC, except when we're not with the MWC and we're with uh, Army and Navy, Commanders and Chief games, uh, they're still planning to play those, PK, which I guess means Navy's still planning to play, which means the BYU-Navy game would still be on, despite all these other games getting shut down. Obviously, the Cougars had three Mountain West games that are now gone. Yeah, well, I don't know why the Navy game with BYU wouldn't be on. What what has changed there that it would be off for Navy? I think just nothing, uh, because the AAC hasn't said anything yet. So, well, I think but I think forward. right, and I think even if the AAC does follow these leagues and shut down, Navy, I assume, would issue the same statement Air Force is, and that they're going to play. So I don't think even an AAC announcement would impact that game. A Mountain West impact, a Mountain West game impacts the uh, San Diego State, Boise State, USU games for BYU, but I don't think an AAC statement, if it comes. It hasn't yet, but if it does, I don't think that would impact BYU Navy. I thought they said they were they were moving on and they were going to go and try to play. Maybe I the latest from the American is they're going to they're going to play. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. what I thought okay. I saw. Them so conference USA Sunday. I saw the conference USA. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I reached going. out to folks here locally. How does it pertain to the the local teams? And uh, I can tell you that BYU is it's not really breaking news. It's obvious news. They're moving on to the teams, to the conferences, to the games that they could possibly play. And they're trying to the get a schedule. Yeah, well, now it's the AAC and the Sun Belt and the Big 12. Yep. And, and who knows? Because, and you'll get to it here in a second, because I, I got the rundown list in front of me, too, is that when you can just do that, uh, I guess I can do it, to where uh, the Big 10 and Pac-12, they're going to meet. But there were teams like uh, Nebraska coach Scott Frost that says we intend to play. Uh, Michigan, Ohio State, if it has to go out of the conference. So BYU is looking at all those. I think there's going to be college football this year uh, to one form or another. And then as far as the Utes are concerned, uh, yeah, they want to play. I was joking with some folks yesterday about, uh, hey, 
uh, let's go on vacation, and uh, they understand that uh, it's out of their control. They want to play, uh, but uh, the league may – they're anticipating, I'll leave it, the, the impression I got is they're anticipating that the Pac-12 follows suit. And there's various reasons for it, and, and we can get into it. I was listening to Rick Neuheisel yesterday, and I was, I was surveying – uh, on my phone, I got the satellite radio, so I'm just buzzing all these different national shows on my phone to try to get as much information and opinion as possible. And, you know, now it's uh, they're concerned about a couple of things that we really didn't hit yesterday was uh, the... Uh, possibility of the effects on the heart mm-hmm. that this thing could create. And I saw Riley Nelson's uh, younger brother. Oh, now you're concerned about the health? It's like I said yesterday. We already know it's a major health risk to play football. That is already a fact. This virus is nothing new here as far as a major health impact. And then there's also the thought, Neuheisel was discussing this at length, that uh, maybe these teams, these two conferences, the Pac-12 and the Big 12, or uh, Big Ten, that that's where players are looking to form some, I don't know if you call it a union, a quasi-union, and maybe this is their way out of it. And then the third thing is, well, go see who the governors are and which political party they belong to. And the teams with red, uh, they don't want to play, and the teams with uh, blue, they do. So those, those are just all sorts of stuff that was out there being discussed yesterday. Nebraska coach Scott Frost did say they're intending to play, and there was talk about, I don't even know was talk, speculation about them, you know, temporarily joining the yeah. Big 12. It seems like there's way too many contracts to be unwound to do that. Dennis Dodd tweeted this morning that their media rights are all held up by the Big yeah. 10. I, uh, yeah. Playing basically is independence and just scheduling yeah. whoever you can, starting with the teams in your own league that play, you right. know, whether that's four, five, six, seven, whatever the number is of the Big Ten that decides to push forward. It was, Nebraska be the exception, it was basically the better teams. You know, the noise was being made by Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. Penn State, yeah. Uh, maybe Iowa and Nebraska. Well, and, it's the teams who have leverage, not just the, the goes hand in hand. Yeah. Nobody cares what Indiana thinks. <laughs> Indiana Rutgers aren't driving this bus. <laughs> Sorry, Northwestern. Purdue, move over. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. The 2-2 from Shreve to Cabrera. He reaches for one and hits in the air to deep left center field. Back on this one, McNeil to the warning track to the wall, and it is gone. That is hammered out to left field. No doubt about it. He's done it again. Big fly for Mike Trout, and the Angels are on top 10-9. Couple of home runs there. How about uh, that uh, Angels game? You just heard the Mike Trout home run there. That game, that was putting some runs on the board right there, PK. That game was taking forever. They were just scoring and scoring. And then started to speed up about the fifth inning. It ends up uh, a 10-9 win for the Angels over the Athletics. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of teams. Uh, Philly scored 13 runs. The Washington 6-16. Yeah. 12-8 in the Diamondbacks game over the Rockies. Diamond, freaking uh, Charlie Blackman sitting like 500. I mean, he's hitting 484. You hit four friggin' 84. Can you hit 400 in a 60-game season and it counts? Or that just gets asterisk right away? Count 60-game season. Well, if you, 60, if you hit 400 in a 20-game season, that's impressive. Uh, so I wouldn't, it wouldn't count in the regular to Ted Williams, but 
Nevertheless, he had four hits. He's hitting 484. And, you know, we're a good ways into this. So what have they played? 16 games, as I say. If you do that over 20 games, he's hitting four friggin' 84. That's amazing. Uh, like you, I was flipping around to uh, national shows, uh, trying to hear what they were saying as all the college football stuff was uh, breaking late in the day and the speculation was running rampant. And one of them did a quick segment on baseball and just the teams, while, while some people are just crushing it, right? Aaron Judge is hitting home runs. You got people hitting 400. At the other end, you got teams that aren't even hitting 200. How does that happen? Just not not dialed in or too small a sample size? I mean, the Indians hitting 196. That's horrific. It is. Preliminary discussions about a bubble for the playoffs. Can they go to Southern California, put everybody in hotels, cut out travel days, try to isolate guys because they don't want a, uh, a Cardinal or Marlins situation in the playoffs with so much money at stake if those games didn't get played and a billion dollars in TV money on the line. You think they can pull that off? Uh, the, it, kinda, it wouldn't be so much Orlando. They wouldn't have everybody in one site. be a little more like what the NHL has done, dividing up in a couple cities. Yes, I think they can pull it off, yeah. Playoffs still about, uh, what, six, well, maybe seven weeks away. See if they can get that together. DJ and PK, What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Chris Solari covers Michigan State for the Detroit Free Press. He's been all over the Big Ten decisions and which schools might go and which aren't and which are saying they are but aren't. We'll talk with Chris coming up. And Steve Tate, former youth safety, joins us at 8.30. Stay with us.